All right. Greetings, everyone. You know what, sports fans? I've been thinking of uh, maybe creating a separate channel, YouTube channel for my uh, videos in English. <clears throat> you know, this current channel is basically my sermons uh, delivered in Russian with some, you know, of late uh, uh, videos in English, done in English. Of course, I'm in English. I'm not a native English speaker, so my my apologies uh, and kudos for all my English speaking viewers that uh, they have to bear up with my English. <clears throat> Sometimes I mispronounce uh, words and so on. So uh, you know, you got to understand that I'm a, a Russian dude um, trying to communicate in English. Sometimes. <clears throat> uh, well, to the matter at hand, I've been thinking of. Um, creating kind of new series and uh, uh, kind of just things that you think about. Uh, I wanted to, you know, name this new, new series as a food for thought, just, you know, kind of theological thoughts, not exhaustive treatments uh, by no means of any subject, not long sermons, but kind of videos that would have hopefully something to chew on. Uh, you know, figuratively speaking. And, uh, or maybe gospel nuggets. Maybe this is how I'm going to title those, just gospel nuggets. And I want to do the same for my Russian-speaking audience as well. Just sharing with you guys uh, my thoughts, my vision, uh, what I think about, just in uh, basically it's biblical status and theology stuff that is real of interest for us who... Uh, love God's word and uh, love the gospel. Anyway, uh, so the very first uh, message in, in this series, hopefully, God willing, is about the law of non-contradiction or basic presuppositions or basic principles. Of Bible study and hermeneutics. Now, these are huge topics. I mean, I'm talking about uh, you know pretty serious stuff. But uh, hopefully, uh, I'll be able to show what I mean and why it's that foundation. Why it's so basic for our correct understanding. Uh, it's very crucial that we read the Bible and understand it. Without understanding, it's just uh, it's just words and, and statements. Okay, my basic uh, uh, premise uh, for, for this short uh, video is that when we read the Bible, we need to understand that the message is coherent. And for the message to be coherent, uh, it needs to be composed, created by somebody who is also consistent and logical. And, and, of course, we know that. And I don't want to insult anyone's intelligence. Those who are viewing, especially from the Sovereign Grace Camp and Reformed people, of course, you know, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, says John 1.1. 1, 1. And, of course, we'll know that in the Greek, it's the, the, the Word that is translated as Word in our versions, is Logos. So in the beginning was the Logos, and Logos was with, with God, and Logos was God. And Logos basically uh, a very uh, 
kind of complex, very uh, meaty word, uh, which communicates design, purpose, thought, and even order. So, and that's readily understood. God is not a God of chaos, but a God of peace, of order. So he orders things and he is rational. If we have reason, well, it stands to reason that he who create, created us is also a reasonable being and that to in an infinite measure, you know, God is all wise. He purposes things of all eternity and he fulfills his counsel and his word stands to all generations and all of those passages. Uh, but I want to go to one specific passage to illustrate uh, what I mean by, you know, law of non-contradiction and why it's absolutely essential in all of our Bible studies. Okay, let's go to uh, Romans eleven six. 6. Okay. Uh, let's read Romans 5 and 6 uh, for a little context. Even so, then, at this present time, also there's a remnant according to the election of grace. And if by grace, verse 6, then it is no more of works. Otherwise, grace is no more grace. But if it be of works, then it is it. Then is it no more grace. Otherwise, work is no more work. Uh, here you have an explicit uh illustration i mean as broad as, as can possibly be of this principle spelled out for us in scripture itself that what is the law of contradiction sometimes in you know in basic formal logic there are, you know foundational principles non-contradiction so for statement to mean something it must also not mean something and A excludes B. If some, something is A, then it's not B. If, if it's B, if, if it's not A. It cannot be A and B at the same time and in the same sentence. So there's a, if it's something uh, like here of grace, then manifestly it's not of works. If it's of works, then it's not of grace. And this is what it says explicitly now i know that this verse is kind of truncated and chopped off by 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 a critical version so that the letter part of verse six uh does not exist in the critical in the modern uh, modern versions but i don't care i'm a textus receptus guy i believe that scripture has been preserved in all generations and i don't believe that we have to wait on some liberal, unbelieving German scholars to tell us uh, what scriptures actually are and how it's all been wrong and, and just filled with uh, scribal glosses and we had corrupted Bibles before they came along. So I don't trust that, but this is a side road. So as it stands now, uh, bear it with me, I, I'm, you know, as it, as it appears in the King James Version of the Bible, it says again, if by grace, then is it no more of works? Otherwise, grace is no more grace. See, it says it, it, it's, it's actually, it's not so much the law of non-contradiction as it's emphasized here, but the law of excluded middle, okay? 
So if it's something that is also not something else, and there are things that are kind of uh, very explicitly emphasized as opposites, as, as something that exclude each other. So then, so that when the Bible says it is by grace that you've been saved, Ephesians 2, 8, it, it means that not a horse. In fact, it says in that very same passage that uh, lest any man should boast that not of yourselves. So the Bible kind of goes out of its way to emphasize that if, for instance, and this is basic for all human communication, and even God cannot communicate to us if it's not logical, okay? If scripture says that God is light, in order for this statement to mean something, it must also not mean something. If God says that God is light, or scripture says that God is light, and it actually says that in him is no darkness at all, it cannot mean that God is also darkness, and that he's also 50 shades of gray and all things in between. Our speech is intelligible, you know, when we communicate stuff. And, and what we say, what I'm saying to you, only makes sense or any, any sense if my words mean something and they also do not mean something. So if I say that, uh, for instance, for instance, that uh, logic is foundational, I'm also saying that logic is not peripheral, that logic is not optional. So every statement, every proposition implies a denial of the opposite. So God is light implies that he is not darkness. In, in the Bible, knowing our weakness after the flesh, that we're frail, that we're not very smart, it even spells it for us. That's why Calvin, you know, would uh, uh, call Bible as the uh, God's uh, uh, lisping to us. You know, kind of he's he's trying to make things easier for us. This Christian, but not not things are equally easy in the Bible. But uh, <clears throat> if we have the grace of the Holy Spirit, if our eyes be open to the truth, we can discern. And uh, so scripture is clear in its propositions. That's what I'm saying. And this, and this thing, this principle of um, non-contradiction, excluded middle, and everything else that you find in logic, those things are so fundamental. You, you don't even have to go to secular textbooks on logic. The logic is here right in front of us in the Bible. It kind of, it shows us. So if it is A, then it's not B, or otherwise it would not have been A in the first place. So, and, and maybe just as important as this, you know, foundational talk about logic, that logic is important, that God, Logos, is eternal logic, and so on, and that his thinking is logical, 
it, it cannot be illogical and so on. The justice foundational is that in our practical application of this rule or principle is that grace in this in this passage even in Romans 11 6 is supreme in our, in our understanding of all gospel passages or anything that the Bible says about our salvation you know sometimes uh, you know Armenians and, and everybody else who, who, who kind of have a very misty uh, way of thinking, they will accuse Calvinists of being too logical. You know, you guys are too logical. You want to make all ends meet and so forth. You want to build, create a very neat system and so forth. And you do a good job, but the Bible is not a systematic theology book. So you got to take you, you got to take it literally. What it says that so in one passage, if it says that uh, uh, not willing for any should perish, it must mean just he he's, he's not willing that anybody should perish, or or even though that same God is spoken of as actually willing to harden some, you don't need to reconcile or try to harmonize them. They just take them as they are and and. All this pseudo-pious talk leads in practice to basically denial of everything that Romans 9 says in opposition to their Armenian reading of other, you know, First Timothy 2, 4 and, uh, and other places where it talks that uh, of all men and, and, and so on. So what I'm saying is that if you have such an explicit statement as Romans eleven six, 6, where it it leaves no room for uh, any interpretation other than what it is. See, if you read such an explicit statement, which is actually, it's, it's a proposition. Not all things that the Bible says are necessarily propositions you have to draw, but you have uh, statements like this. If by grace, that is not, no, no, no more works. Otherwise, grace is no more grace. But if it be of works, then it is no more grace. Otherwise, work is no more work. So there's no mixture, okay? These things, works and grace, are so set apart in contradistinction to mutual exclusion, okay? Here you have the excluded middle, that they cannot be. So every time that you encounter a verse which might appear that it, it could be interpreted to mean that, well, it's still according to works that you're going to be judged, and that the believers will be judged by their works and so forth. You must remember that Logos cannot contradict himself, what he says, and that the Holy Spirit is not divided, so that you have hermeneutical interpretive principles ingrained in the Bible, and there, there are some statements that are so explicit from those statements we derive principles like sola gratia by grace alone so those those things that grace alone solus Christus christ alone uh, through faith alone they become kind of the foundational grid the presuppositions that we through them we interpret everything else that we see in the bible 
in order for the Bible to actually make sense and be a consistent message. And we'll believe it is consistent. So, uh, because the, because God himself is consistent. So, I don't know if I have succeeded in removing all obstacles in the way of understanding the Bible. <laughs> but, but at least uh, uh, I wanted to start off. And this is just something, again, a food for thought, a gospel nugget. It, uh, it, it kind of opens the way for everything else that we do and say that God is logical. Scripture is logical. We can reason from scriptures and we can defend our faith and our hope that we are saved by grace alone so that God alone gets all the glory for uh, so great a salvation. So that's just that at this point. And um, have a good day. God bless you all.